This podcast discusses naughty experiences, uses naughty language, and all the naughty things your parents won't want to hear about. Hello everybody, Um, this is my first guest episode since I got to LA and I'm so, wait, well, sort of, the Valentine's Day one was kind of a guest one itself, but I'm so excited to introduce my guest today is my gorgeous friend Barbie, who we met through Tyler, who was on season one. Um, You guys have been friends for a really long time, everything, Barbie, welcome to Talk Dirty to me, how are you? Um, well, I'm so happy to be here. Woo! So glad we're finally doing it. Yeah, this. I know. <laughs> We've tried the to... build-up has killed. I mean, it's the sexual tension for me. Yeah, that's the exactly. That's what we. That's like the whole point. It's Which just chase. means this is just gonna make it all the more fun. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Let's just get it over with. As yeah, we've been yeah. Talking about lately. Literally, for the past like two weeks. So I like to have my guest. I, I I've been all over the place with introducing my guests and through the seasons what they say to introduce themselves, whatever. But this season, I think I'll go back to how it was prior, where in like season one, where you say you share an interesting fact or what you find to be an interesting fact about literally anything. Tyler's was about bees. So a fact about literally anything and then something that you think everybody should try. So a random fact? Random. Like something about me? It can be, of course, it can be about you. It can be about literally anything. Okay. It okay. should be about you, actually. Okay, a random fact is I wash my pillowcases like every three days. Wait, really? Yeah, because I am so... I'm not really OCD, but I am so overly protective of my skin. And, like, I have to sleep on... Like, I need my face to touch something clean, like, so consistently. I love that. And it's, like, good for you, but also... You do have such clear skin. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Is Um, this the hack? The ultimate Maybe, but it's, (laughs) like... It's, like, people who can't get into a bed dirty, like, they have to shower Mm. first. I'm a nighttime shower person. Mm. Because I'm, like, I need to get into my bed clean. But also the pillowcases, like, I don't want makeup touching it. Nope. I'll lay lie in bed with makeup, but it's, like, this, but... (laughs) For... For the listener, she had her uh, head facing this guy. <laughs> um, that's so funny. It, yeah. For... The uh, my my sort of clean my sort of cleanliness thing like that is as soon as I get to my hotel or my house or whatever from a flight, mm-hmm. I have to get in the shower. Yes. Like I literally won't even let you go. Uh, we can't go grocery shopping. We can't go. Out for dinner, we can't nothing. I have to go straight to the shower. I feel like that is a common one. We've got dogs in the in the room, by the way. Sorry, listeners, if you hear any rustling. What what fuck? What was the other? Oh, what's something that you think everyone should try? A, and again, can be about anything. It could be a, a a dish from a certain restaurant. It could be an in, play an instrument. It could be a certain gig you go to a sex a sex position. What's something you think everyone should try? Um. I think everyone should try an improv class. Mm, yeah. I think, like... It's I, a, I think I said that in one episode. Oh, well. really? We had a lawyer in our class and a doctor in our class. And, you know, lawyers are just so serious. And mm. I think because he just had no clue, mm-hmm. l- sometimes the situations he was put in for, like, a scene, it was hysterical. Because he doesn't... Like, yeah. they're just playing their truth. Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah, yeah. know how funny he's being. 
Um, <laughs> and, but I think it really gets people out of their heads and mm-hmm. and out of like the self conscious realm that we all live in sometimes in social settings, especially so, people like doctors and lawyers. As yes, well. and just being in LA, everyone is just so on edge all the time. Mm-hmm. Like and in social settings, it's you have like eyes all over your head. Like you're yeah. you're always just on alert. So yeah, that's I think point. it gets you out of your head and just it's like the fuck it mindset yeah so yeah i encourage that i think it was we talked about this in a previous episode doing improv classes especially for people who aren't in the like who aren't actors and it's also great like interview prep doing improv like because you just learn to like take whatever comes at you and like spin it to your advantage mm-hmm. um and you just have to be on your toes yeah you you can't that's what takes you out of your head like you, you don't have time to be in your head so mm-hmm. because the second that you overthink like a joke as well or something that you think oh i've got this lined up this is the second where you're bomb is this yeah it doesn't where... read yeah so i've noticed something like through you that i haven't ever really found in friends before and i think this is so kind of impressive in a way as well, but just a really unique, like, situation. But I feel like, not even situation, because it's happened a couple of times, but I feel like you have an incredible way of becoming, like, friends with your exes. Can you talk elaborate. about... Elaborate. Elaborate? Yeah, can you elaborate? It's funny, because I feel like it could be... It's a double-edged sword. It's a blessing and a curse. Mm. Tyler hates me for it at times. Yeah. And then at other times, I'm like... Bitch, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> who's you to talk but love you? Uh, yes, love you, Tyler. <laughs> you know, I think it used to start from, like, a place of of people-pleasing. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to be friends with them so that I don't have to ever worry about them talking bad about me sure. or uh, someone hating me. Like, God forbid someone hate me. Mm-hmm. And that it, it stemmed from, like, a people-pleasing thing until I realized what someone says about you behind your back is none of your business. Mm-hmm. So, fuck it. So, some, I've lost a couple of those friends who were exes. But right. it's... It, it, I have a very weird outlook. I feel like when you've spent so much time with someone mm-hmm. and given so much of yourself and your time and your energy and your vulnerabilities... It's like, how do you let that go? Yeah. Like, how do you just let that just yeah. poof in the air? Like, just dust. And I have a hard time, like, letting it go. And so, for me, I'm like, you know what? I'll just let it dissolve. Right, okay. Because I have never broken up with someone out of, like, hatred or, like, steam or, like, a big mm-hmm. fight. It's always been amicable. It's always just been because we've just grown out of like the stage of life that we were in oh that's amazing actually it's yeah it's never i i I don't argue like i don't fight like my ex-boyfriend of three years never fought we never fought um my relationship whatever it was it was more of a companionship but during you know the covid situation Mm -hmm. that was like a year never fought wow um this person was also had there was a pretty big age gap there um and (laughs) then uh in high school like I started to hook up with someone and that ended I honestly I don't know how it ended but we are still friends to this day we talk weekly I adore him I go to him for all my dating advice or like what should I say to this guy Mm. he comes to me and we've just always remained friends. It's it's funny. I don't even remember how our 
friends with benefits or whatever it was ended. Um, I've been in another like situationship thing for like a year. Mm -hmm. That's mm, has turned into like a best friendship. It's toxic at times, but I love them to death. Yeah. Um, and that didn't, I think we were done with the benefits part. It didn't end like horribly or like with a fight. It was just like, we're not benefiting each other anymore mm. because I think once you start to get in the way of somebody else meeting someone, yeah. you got to cut that off. Yeah. That's um, benefits. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're starting to spend so much time with each other that it's like, how are we going to meet somebody else? Of course. Yeah. Uh, and then one of us is just going to get hurt more. Yeah. So, but then recently I have, I, I don't even know if I could say I was dating this person. It was like, it was kind of a whirlwind. It was like four dates in nine days, like sweep you off your feet kind of thing. Yeah, well. And then they left and came back and things ended because they never reached out to me. Okay. But it, it, he made it seem like, oh, as soon as I get back, like we're just going to pick up where we left off and we didn't. And I called him out for that and it just naturally, it was like we couldn't call it a break. We had We have so much in common and we get along and we have the same outlook on life and the same religion and views and interesting standards and all of that that now we have I finally got a friend a chair at the friend table and (laughs) I feel like we're slowly becoming like true besties like I'm getting phone calls like three four times a week oh my god I get texts every single day like that's like a best friend so yeah it's interesting especially I think the one before, the one with the big age gap during COVID, that situation trip, when that ended, I was so cold and clear. Um, I said, listen, don't fucking talk to me for three weeks. Give me three weeks yeah, to yeah. get over this. Yeah, yeah. Because it was COVID. We were not seeing anybody else. I saw you every single day for yeah, so long. Time. Yeah, yeah. And then you went to film and then you came back and I... And the world was back a little bit pieced back together when you came back. We can't, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense with the age gap. And I want to get married and have kids, and you're mm-hmm. past that. And we were always more best friends anyway. Right. Like okay. getting deeper, like the, sexually, like it. It wasn't as compatible. Um, but I said, give me three weeks. I'm gonna come back to you, and it'll be fine because yeah. I cannot lose you in my life. Yeah, that's I mean, this person helped me move apartments, set up my TV and my Alexa. Mm-hmm. If I have questions about my career, helps me. Like, is uh, in the music business and helps me with, like, my voiceover. Like, if my microphone breaks, instantly I'll call. But right. also, I'm this person's emergency contact. This person was in, like, a horrible accident. Like, was biking and got hit by a car. And mm-hmm. I was I was the person who was called, you know? Like, I always want mm-hmm. to be there for that, for, for him. But... Uh, that's an another place that I find myself. Like I am always, I'm so reliable and loyal that I feel like these people start to realize I can't lose. I feel like when I'm in like these, not long term, like they're all under a year, around right. a year, whatever. That I, I'm so myself. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm never like portraying to be something more than I am or yeah. different than I am. So I create, I'm just loyal and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trustworthy and also resilient in other ways. But (laughs) I think that when there's like a break, these men realize, oh, I I can't lose Barbie. Like, yeah, 
Like she's always been there for me. I can call her whenever she's got my back. So it's always a mutual kind of longing to want to stay friends. Okay, that's that's amazing actually. But then it makes me nervous for my future that I'm always just going to be like the best friend. Like in a group of girls, it's like, oh, she's the homie. Like, right. I want that to be my best friend. And I'm like, wait, but where's my husband? Yeah. <laughs> but he's there. I know. And he's the, somewhere. He, he's out there, baby. One he's day he's going to listen to this. One day my prince will come. Um, but I also think that there's, they come, I, I feel like what I admire so much about all of that too is that all of the situationships and stuff and these people and your relationships, whatever, all of these exes are so like, understanding of you still having such a tight relationship with the others because I feel like for for um a lot of people who try to stay friends with exes or who do it tends to come to a head where there's a decision that has to be made when the ex then has a new partner exactly yeah right have you had that everything is and my mother has told me this ever since I was young and with my long-term boyfriend that Uh I broke up with um, she said, just to let you know, everything changes when one of the partners has a new partner. Yes. Which is so true. I'm now, I'm now starting to experience that with the ex of a year who was mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. bit older than me, has a new girlfriend and it's like, I'm so stoked for him. Yeah. And it's sometimes odd when he's like, do I text this back? Read these, read this conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is so weird because he used to say these things to me. But I'm right, also, like, right. so far removed from it now that I'm like, ah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, but I also, like, when you love someone, you root for them. Yeah. So when you're no longer romantically involved, but you're there's still love, you still want them to be happy and root for them. Of course. So I, I think that was, you know, kind of the deciding factor with my long-term ex-boyfriend from college, I was like, listen, it was almost like you deserve better than me. Like, it's not that I'm not great. It's just you deserve something so different and it's going to be better for you. Yeah. Which hurt so badly. I literally cried Mm. for like 46 days. Oh my God. Like at first I was distracted, but then when I was alone in COVID living by myself Mm. before I met, uh, the other one said X. Said X. Um, (laughs) It was, yeah, it was, like, really hard and miserable. And, you know, we were friends for a while, and he started to date someone else, and we're not friends now. The long-term boyfriend. Yeah, he unfollowed me on Instagram. I'm not sure if he still dates who he had started dating very soon after our breakup. But I'm in such a place of, like, it's so sad because I might be buried in the ground someday and never be his friend again. But I know he's becoming so much more of who he's meant to be. Sure. That that's like the love in me being like, you know what? I got to accept that. And yeah. It's okay. And I, I think what's also can be challenging with those things too is when, if you guys have an incredibly tight relationship and it is all that love and like, obviously there mm-hmm. is pain in that too. But if you have, say it's a relationship where you, you know, they start asking you, oh, what can I text about? You know, what can I say to this new person? Should I say this, that? And you have these conversations and it doesn't impact you like, oh, that's what, he used to say to me, but it comes to a point where like their new partner may not be okay with the relationship that they have with you. Yeah. Right. Is, has that been something you've experienced? Because I feel like that is also, oh, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that that was part of it. I'm sure she right. was like, 
well, we, we, you guys kind of just broke up. Like, they were very right. fresh. Like, it was maybe not even two months after we broke up after dating for three years that they started dating. So I'm sure. Oh, okay. Because you, you put yourself in those shoes, and it's the same thing. Like, I, I wouldn't be a huge fan of my man talking to... Mm. Like, bestie, bestie with an ex. Because you know they're going to be talking about you. And, yeah, it's, like, too soon, maybe. It also feels like them, like... Everyone should take space, I think, for a second before revisiting. I I think so, too. And and I think that's a really fair fair point um, that I want to come back to, actually. But but I think there's also a moment of, like, not only would they, you know, the fear of... Or the the thought of, like, them thinking about you, but the, the thought, too, of, like, if you're still... Especially if it's a new relationship where you've just met this person, you're also establishing your own trust and boundaries. And if you see that they're besties with their ex, you don't know whether you can trust that that's, like, over or that sort of situation, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that there's my... Uh, my former co-host, uh, Ella, who's been on the podcast multiple times, um, she and I have recently been tallying relationships in our lives that have ended and, like, how many people we have between us in our lives from our friends to, like, our friends' parents and our own relationships and all of these different things of, like, how many relationships have ended mm-hmm. in the past, like, three or four months and we've got to... And then I actually saw someone the other day who he was explaining that he's now out of a relationship. And he added another amount to the mix. And in the past four months, we know of 16 separate couples wow. who have all just split. And some of them are less than a year. Um, some of them are... The longest was like a 20-something year marriage. Another one was... Um, the longest one that I know of from a friend was like an eight year relationship, like all of this stuff. But what I, but this is coming to your point of your like one year ex is it also feels like post COVID where now obviously we still don't see a post COVID world, but there's like post lockdowns, like yeah. in our society at right. least. And I think because most, not, not everybody, actually not even most people, but a lot of people had like companions during COVID. Some were like mm-hmm. relationships like myself, where my partner and I were together prior to COVID. But since that, like, societal lockdown has, like, ended and stuff, it feels like people are now actually observing their relationships and are like, this looks so different now that we're out of COVID. Yeah. And it feels like so many of these breakups are happening because it's like we had almost like a trauma bond from COVID together. It's that, and it's also like we lived in our own little bubbles. Oh, yeah during covid that it just wasn't healthy because mm-hmm. now when you get into the real world you're so used to spend getting to spend all day every day mm-hmm. sometimes jobless with somebody and now it's like we're back to our full-time jobs we're back to sometimes going into the office and it creates tension because you've had this norm of you spend every waking second with another person because they're in your bubble. Mm-hmm. And now the, bubble, yeah. now the bubble's broken and we can see anyone anytime. It's so much harder to, like, retain that. Mm-hmm. So... It, it, but it, it is harder to retain it, but I think it also is, like, it's a shock to, this, like, your system as well that all of a sudden that person is, like... And, you can, and I can see it in people in my life, too, and the different ways that they've gone about it where they're, like okay, now I'm, I feel so much more free. I can do what I want, whatever. Whereas some are like, 
like suffocating under the thought of like oh my god you know my we're both in the office full-time different jobs and like no one you know we aren't working together and yeah I think actually the 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 bubble is like it sort of bursting and everything changing and stuff has been a huge like moment in relationships where which is why I think now because I thought too I thought or maybe it's just like an age thing where I'm like oh at this age maybe a lot of people just separate or whatever or whatever and my friends and I and my mom was and I were talking about it a few weeks ago and she was like no it's also the covid world is you know the post lockdown world we'll call it is so different and right. as you're saying people are in the office but also people like going out more and you know but to bars and like right well it's such a depressing like time like people yeah. were just i mean anyone that was close to them in their bubble they were gravitating towards mm-hmm. so heavily like mm-hmm. there there was nothing else it was yeah. it's just like a it was a sad, depressing time. I think people lost a lot of themselves. Uh, yeah, and I think so. It's people, kind of scary now. No, for sure. And I think people lost a lot of years as well. Like, uh, my aunt recently was saying on the phone, she's like, "I feel like I aged ten years in the past three. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Okay, so you're friends with your exes. Is, have there been any where you were with someone and they desperately like tried to keep that relationship going afterwards, and you were like, "This needs to like, I can't." be around you I can't like I don't want to be friends with you after the relationship or like the situation ended or has it always been pretty much like there was one and it wasn't even a fight Mm -hmm. it was just um they it's it's fun they were very convincing that their ways were the right ways their political views were the right views their Mm -hmm. religion was the right religion and I felt that we sort of started to have a disconnect Mm. because I was very upfront from the beginning. Mm. And then it was like them trying to have me take their pill of like, my side is right. This is what's right. You'll see. And it got to a point where I got 46 messages within like three minutes from this person. I was sitting at the pool. I remember it so vividly. And I just, my phone just kept buzzing, buzzing, buzzing with these videos and articles about this is right. And this is right. And this is right. And I was like, I, I, I can't do this. And it's no. the only person I've ever blocked mm. on social media. Um, I don't have their number blocked, but it was wild. And you, I'm not, I wasn't angry, but I was mm. just like, at the time, I was like, why was I ever with that person? Right. Like, I, how was I stupid enough? You know, everyone told me, Barbie, this is so wrong. Like, mm-hmm. anyone but this person. <laughs> the, there's so many red flags here. There's... Yeah. There's so much disconnect here and I didn't want to listen, but now I look back and I'm like, I don't regret it because every single decision I've made has put me where I am right now. And I learned so much about myself. I learned that I could not be with someone who had a different religion and I could not be with someone who has different political views because I see how that destroys a household. And I was only with this person for five months, like not even that long. And that was the first COVID, the first COVID, uh, wave shebang (laughs) Shebang. um and i also learned so much about myself what i like in the bedroom what i like from a partner like please clean up after Mm -hmm. (laughs) you make a a meal or like have your apartment be clean when you have a guest come over like Mm -hmm. things like that so i i learned more what i want in my forever partner so I, i can't regret that relationship although it was like heavy turmoil right no fighting just like kind of exhaustive and I learned I needed somebody who was 
I mean, this person was in their 40s. I needed somebody who, if you're going to be at least a year older than me, you got to be direct and communicate well. Yeah. I just, Love I don't that. have time for that anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, and that taught me that sometimes I have to be the one who communicates. I mean, the, the last relationship, it wasn't a relationship. I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that it could turn into a relationship. I was very direct and I learned all those skills from mm-hmm. two, three years ago at the beginning of COVID. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to wait around for you. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to date me, your loss. Mm-hmm. You've given me kind of mixed signals. So there's no harm. If you want to be friends, just let me know. But you got to be up front because yeah. I can't. I'm not going to wait around. Yeah. And I would have never had the guts to say that, I think, a couple of years ago. So I think it does take a little bit of being like dicked over and stuff and like dicked around to know exactly like. Right. Do you know the expression? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. The way you looked at me, it was like, what is she saying? No, no. <laughs> um, yeah. To be kind of to learn yeah well exactly that to learn what it is that like you will and won't tolerate and what you will be more lenient on whatever and whether it is like politics or something like you know what hills you're willing to die on and like it's about sort of proclaiming like that you don't want to have arguments about xyz and and it helps you really early on too because you just know when you meet someone within the first 10 minutes they're gonna they're going to pull out points about their life and you're just going to know I'm about to waste this person's time. I'll mm-hmm. just be up front and be like, listen, buddy, we're on different pages. Had a great time. Yeah. Can't continue. Yeah. And have you had, have you, how has that been received in the past when you've had to do that? Like, so I used to be really bad about um, being direct and saying, this is just not going to work. I would sugarcoat and be like, I think you're so great. And I would love to hang out and do that. And I'm like, Barbie, you cannot fit more people into your life. I fit so, I try and fit so many people because Mm. I just, I really do love people. I try and find like the good in everyone. I'm truly full of love. Um, Also a blessing and a curse. (laughs) Um, I'm losing my train of thought. Where was I? Talking about um, having said to someone before, like standing up. Yeah, but, but now I realize if you say it early on, you're saving them more mm-hmm. heartache later. I mean, yeah. the heartache could be literally one night's sleep. I'm not right. talking about you know, they're months. longing for you for years. Yeah. But it used to be very hard for me. I would send a massive paragraph that's like, I think you're so nice and I had so much fun doing this and I should introduce you to so-and-so. And it's like, you don't need to do all of that. You knew yeah. this person for one day or you knew this person for a week mm-hmm. or this person doesn't even know your last name yeah. or you went out with this person a couple times and you didn't even do anything more than kissing. Like you right. don't owe anyone anything. Yeah. What you do owe someone is a text back though. Like yes. I think ghosting is just so incredibly disrespectful. Yeah. Like they didn't do that in the sixties. You'd pick up the phone mm-hmm. and have to say it yeah. verbally. You'd yeah. call so-and-so's house. Can I speak to your daughter, Penelope? Yeah. Uh, Penelope, I just, I had a, a wonderful time taking you out, blah, blah, blah. Like I wish life was still like that. Yeah. Pick up and verbally tell someone and I think it actually stings less than a, a text 100%. um but now also therapy thanks yep <laughs> uh has helped me to like create text it, it does take me a couple minutes like 10 minutes because I'm like it's that people please it's a it's that that block of I don't want this person to dislike me or talk bad about me but at the end of the day in 100 years it's not gonna matter we're all gonna be dead yeah so <laughs> I'm very to the point hi had a great time. Don't think we're on the same page. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. And have you ever had anyone sort of counter, like, try and 
talk yes. back to you about that? Oh, yeah. Like, a little bit. Um, Tinks, do you know who Tinks is? Of course I know Tinks. So, Tinks always says, um, when you break up with someone, their life either gets worse or they come back. They always come back or their life gets worse. Interesting. And I was like, mm, that's very... That's two huge boxes. Like, right, yeah. I don't know how you can place all people in the world in those two boxes. But I kind of think it's true. And I wouldn't pr- say that my life has gotten worse. But I have felt like I've tried to go back to someone. Oh, interesting. But at the, at the same time, reverse, I have someone who forever has always come back always come back and they they didn't reject me but they were the ones uh and situationally had to leave because we were in college Mm -hmm. i was a freshman they were a senior they graduated i was infatuated with this person i was like in four i I wrote a letter to this person at their graduation day i said call me when you're 40 Mm -hmm. and let me know where i am and i promise i'll pick up the phone and i'll possibly give you another chance and now like presently in my life Every couple months I hear from this person. They, they comment on all my Instagram stories. There's a confession on my birthday. There's always like, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. Like everything Whoa. I ever wanted to hear from this person that I never got. And now I'm getting all of it. And now I'm yeah. like, oh, wow. I am so far from that stage of life. Yeah. I don't even remember what I was like in that stage of life. And all I can think is, this is so unattractive. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the person. It has everything to do with me. I'm not mm-hmm. in the same place, in that same version of myself anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny how you outgrow it. You want something so badly, and then you remove yourself from it because you know you're not going to get it. And then you get it, and then you're like, well... Yeah, I don't want to... I mean, and that happened the in the past year as well. I, like, was starting to get close with someone, and I really felt like there was a connection. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe there's a... A physical sexual connection here as well mm-hmm. let me chase this and I made the first move and it was it did not go as I expected no way. which is so I mean not to like to my own hor- mm. horn say that it's rare for me but it is kind of rare because I'm usually so secure and know that what I'm about to do yeah is is going to read yeah, yeah and yeah. it just didn't read and I was like whoa where did I go wrong here sure um so I removed myself from it and it was shaky and then this person came right back. I mean, not in the same manner, but it was what I had initially wanted. And yeah. now I'm like, okay, I'll work with it because I still kind of want it. But now I'm removed emotionally. Right. I so, see. so yeah, that's funny. And now I'm stuck in a situation where I still so much want the physical. Uh huh. So, and I'm still. Ch- I'm. It's like I. I'm subconsciously chasing it, even though we are strictly friends. Right. But I wouldn't be opposed to... And now I'm like, all right, what happens when I finally give up on the it's not going to happen right, he'll get physically? It. Then he's going to come back and give it to me, and I'm going to be like, well, buddy, oh. you are a couple months late. But, but it, And is this someone who you've like tried or like had any physical with so far? It's like a very minor, minor physical. It's like the least amount of physical I've ever had with someone. Whoa, okay. Who I could even like lightly say I was dating I mean like just like basically just kissing right so it's almost like you want what you can't have and Mm -hmm. I want it more because now I can't have it sure so (laughs) I'm just waiting for the tables to turn I just you know (laughs) we're playing the long game we'll see (laughs) yeah that's so that's so interesting it's 
it's funny to just sort of just think of the different avenues and like how all of these situations like it does feel like there is a the sort of I'm trying to articulate a point here sorry I'm like losing my my thought my train of thought um but yeah when that whole thing about like wanting something that you can't have and then like the moment when you can actually have it and like is it gonna be exactly what you want but like yeah the whole sort of like vying for it and everything and the build up and then the moment of like is it gonna be worth it is it gonna change things for like the better or not yes and the build up is so fun and sometimes you get it and you're like oh this is not even like half of what I thought this was gonna be or sometimes it's even better and you're like okay I'm so glad I got that Mm -hmm. I understand what this person can offer me and it's not what I want but at least I got yeah that one ounce of what I wanted so yeah I can walk away a, a little happier I don't know. <laughs> a little more satisfied no, yeah loving no it yeah it worked out and you did your yeah your bit but it's all getting you to the the greater yeah the greater good which is my husband Roy Kent you know oh my god yeah we we're, we're huge we're big Roy Kent fans if anyone knows yeah we're, anyone who uh is a Roy Kent who would like to marry Barbie she is available. I mean, Ken, it, it, no, Ken and Roy. Oh my god, no, that's a different series. Bobby and Roy. <laughs> Sorry, I just said Ken and Roy. Ken. Bobby and Roy. That's like a... I'd watch that series. 100%. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, so uh, to wrap it up, mm-hmm. I think that if I could have a dream man who is representative of a TV character, it would be Roy Kent. 100%. Because I very much attract people who have baggage, mm-hmm. trauma, um, they're damaged, like something has gone wrong in their life. I've always attracted that and I think it's because I have so much of my shit together. I mean, I'm still, don't get me wrong, learning so much about myself, every relationship, friendship, whatever. But for the most part, I know what I want in a person mm-hmm. and I'm always attracted to, you know, those people who have that one thing that's holding them back from commitment or holding them back from expressing themselves in the bedroom or whatever mm-hmm. that I feel like Roy Kent is that person like he's so scared to commit at first and he's also such an asshole because he's yeah. been through so much he's damaged yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like this hard guy who's trying to cover up like the shit that he's been through and Keely is like wait but I'm so sweet and I will never hurt you yeah. and I am so trusting and loyal and patient and, and I'm so patient and mm. soft and kind and <laughs> I'm not going to let you go. And she stays around and then he finally realizes, oh, she's not going anywhere. Let me just give this a chance. And now look where they are. Well, I don't know what season three is going to bring. We're going to find out. But (laughs) this episode is not He gives her the chance that she deserves romantically, physically, emotionally, all of it. Yeah. And, and And there's a really sweet way that she manages to not only just have him show other people but show himself too how like gentle he actually right. has the capacity to be right and i think that's one of the most mar- like marvelous things about their relationship but she's also the kind of character i definitely see a lot of her in you too because she also has the same effect on jamie right jamie is a total prick right and then he's literally like I'm- and she's like so independent like she will just yeah. do her own thing but yeah at the same time, she is always there for that yeah. that other person. And yeah. No, she's she's quite miraculous. So We're so excited for season three. <laughs> I'm just going to be keep on doing me until my Roy Kent comes along and yeah. realizes Keely's perfect. 
yeah, you just got to keep hustling like Keely hustles through her work and her life. And yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you so much for, for all of that, the honesty and, you know, walking us through that. And I think that there's something remarkable about the your capacity to be friends with your exes and see like at what point there may need to be like a pause or a break or a stop button or something. And you're like, but I will always have love for these people, obviously, because your relationship like clearly meant something and you have the, you know, underlying desire for them to like succeed and find love. Um, and I think that's, you know, amazing. Should we play a game of would you rather? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Would you rather loudly orgasm after every, <laughs> after every time you cough or after every time you sneeze? I don't know, these mm. ones are so random. Probably cough. Mm. I don't get coughs, really. So it would be less often and less embarrassing. Yeah. See, for me, I feel like I could stifle a sneeze better than a cough. I feel like I can't. If I need to cough, I'm going to cough. Whereas if I need to sneeze, I could go like a tiny little... Oh, true, true, true. You true. know? So I think that's what... Damn, you got me on that one. Oh. I mean, you can stick to your answer anyway. <laughs> would you rather receive a sexy text message or a sexy nude photo? Text message. Mm, same. Photos don't do much. No, photos freak me. The female eye. No, not at all. Photos actually make me, like, dissociate. See, I think, though, I'd rather send a photo than a text message. Really? Okay, yeah. interesting. See, I feel like I'm much more of a, like, I feel like I can do more with my words. <laughs> Sorry, the dog just giggled. I feel like I can do more with my words than a photo. But, um... But I don't know, I guess it depends on the moment and depends on the context and yeah, but I would much rather receive a message than a photo. Okay. Um, mm -mm -mm. Would you, oh, this is funny. Okay. Would you rather have an orgy with complete strangers or have to have sex with all of your exes again? Definitely the second one. You've already done it once. Yeah, I suppose so. That's not, and actually you're the perfect, you, you this whole episode <laughs> has been a, has literally been about like how you have good relationships with your exes. Uh, okay, all right, we'll pick one more. I love this question. It's not on there, but I love this. Are you more of a lace or leather gal? Ooh. So I feel like that's t also two different people. That's so hard. Everything that I wear on the outside is mm. leather, but everything I wear as an undergarment is lace. That's that's amazing, actually. So it's like front seat, back seat. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the night, you're going to see lace. But at the beginning of the light night, we're going to start with some leather. Shit. That is <laughs> such a good answer. I've never heard that before. I like that. I feel like it sort of, it ties into... The leather is the appetizer and the lace is... The dessert. We're skipping well, main course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straight to dessert, baby. Straight to dessert with my this one. Favorite. Oh, dessert ever. Is my favorite. Dessert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we yeah, loved. Yeah. We love dessert. Um, well, listen, Barbie. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to share all this with us. It's I'm been so, so delightful. I know. Finally. 